Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand finances, well, they can be confusing, but you don't have to face them alone, and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and your host for the next 30 minutes. Now, if you've been listening to us for the last month or so, not counting 24 years, but just over the past month, you know we're talking about the potential of a transfer of wealth coming into the kingdom of God, right? Over the next seven years, at least $30 billion is what's quoted. And again, the link citing that is in our YouTube channel. But if this money is coming over specifically to women, then we know we need to prepare. Now you might be saying, gentlemen, I'm not a woman. So how does it apply to me? Well, if you are married or you love someone who is a woman, then help her get prepared because there needs to be spiritual awareness. There needs to be emotional intelligence so we don't eat all of our seed. And then there needs to be financial savvy. Now we've talked about that last month, but this month I wanna kind of turn the tables a little bit and say, okay, so if there's money coming from point A and it's gonna go to point B, what happens to that money or what should be happening to that money while it's still at point A? Before it gets transferred over, what do we need to be doing with those resources? Now that applies to you even if you say, Crystal, I'm not transferring $30 billion. I only have 100,000 or 1 million or whatever the amount is. We're all responsible in how we steward our resources before it gets to the next generation. Don't wait and don't be under the, the lie that says, once I have a lot, well, then I'll steward it. Because a lot of times what happens is you don't get a lot because it's when you're faithful with a little that he makes you ruler over much. That's why many times when you see a lottery winner, right? They get that money, it comes in, two or three years later, what happens? They're broke because they didn't know how to steward the amount they had in the beginning. So when this influx came, they couldn't contain it. And not in a, oh, I'll be blessed and I can't contain the blessings, but contain it like I didn't know how to steward it. So we wanna talk about what are the ways we need to steward it. Now, if I was to ask you and I said, okay, you've got this money that you have, whatever amount it is, and you, it's time to invest it. What would you want your investment to do? Well, most people, pick me, pick me, are saying, well, Crystal, I would want my investment to grow because that's why we invest, right? Isn't that why we put money in the stock market with the hopes that it's eventually gonna go up and we'll make some money on it? But this is where we need to ask ourselves the question, what are we investing in? At what cost are we willing to push on this that I get a profit? It doesn't matter that I may be hurting someone as long as I get a profit. And you'd say, well, that's never what I would do, but we need to really start pulling back on how investments work to understand what's really going on. Because remember, investments are companies, companies that want to grow, companies that have a product or a service. That product or service can either help a community or can hurt a community. It can either help or hurt the employees there, the vendors around it. So we need to identify what are we investing in. 
So let me give you an example. And I think this is a great example. So solar energy. How many of you out there, you think, hey, solar energy like might come around. And no, I am not going around saying, hey, we all have to have electric cars. I'm not saying they're good or bad. But I am saying, hey, there's something here. God put a big yellow thing up in the sky. And if we can have solar energy and I can lower my electric bill because of solar panels, I'm for all that. Am I for the 500 acre field, the largest in New York that's behind my house right now? Yeah, maybe not so. But my point of the matter is they were saying, and this was according to an eventide study, that by the year 2050, 29% of the global power will be from solar. That's huge. That is a huge amount. So as an investor, I'm looking at this and saying, huh, there's a big yellow sun up there. There's ways that we can do solar panel. They're saying that that's going to be a major way that people across the world are going to use is solar. Maybe I should look into investments. And you know what would be so easy? I literally could invest in local solar companies. I could buy shares of them. I could go into a fund that has a lot of different solar companies in it and say, phew, I'm done. I did my stewardship of my money and I took care of it and I made sure I invested in something that I believe is going to grow. But here's where we need to be. What was that one I said? Financially savvy. And we need to begin pulling back and say, what's really going on? Because I want you to think about this. And let me start here. I don't know, and this is not going to be a whole tutorial on how to build a solar panel, but there are specific six pieces in making a solar panel. And everything that I'm going to share to you today is from Eventide. It is available to you. Let us know if you'd like a copy of this. We'll put this in your hands. It has all the footnotes, everything you know, need to document what I'm saying. But when you create a solar panel, one of the very first things that you need is you need to have uh, raw materials. So there's certain types of products that you need to put together. Then it's made into a polysilicon and then they make ingots and then they make wafers and then they do cells and then they have modules and then you put them on your roof and live happily ever after with the sun shining in. Something like that. But there's six pieces to it. And you might say, Crystal, who cares. And I'm right there with you, right? I really didn't think that that was interesting at all until I went to Kingdom Advisors and until I sat in a breakout session with Eventide who says when we do investing, it needs to be investing that makes the world rejoice. What a tagline to know that anything I'm putting my money in actually brings joy to others, joy to the Lord, and it helps our environment. So as I went to this and they said, did you know solar will be one, you know, should be up there in the top 29% it's going to provide. And this is a great opportunity. But listen to this. In order to gain raw materials, 67% of raw materials come from China. And this was as of 2020. Forced labor enters the solar supply chain in the first step, which is mining quartz and making metallurgical if I'm saying it correctly, silicon. In Xinjiang, accounts for 33.4% of the world's silicone production. Of the 10 major metallurgical silicon products in the region, seven directly use forced labor. And the three remaining producers are suspected of employing forced labor and are a direct beneficiary of this. Now, I'm going to pause for a moment. I might not be able to say the region in China correctly. I don't speak Chinese. 
and I might not be even able to say the raw materials correctly, and I apologize for this, but I tell you what I can say correctly, forced labor. They have documented reports, and I can turn to the back of this manual that I have right here, where you can see that it was the article was called In Broad Daylight, where they began to show that they arrested millions, millions of Chinese and forced them into labor camps. And what they have done is they have broken the family unit. They've pulled the men out and they have studies. They have proof that they pulled these men from their home. They would go into villages. They would line up the big pickup trucks. They'd pull them from their house, chain them up, throw them in a back, drive them for hours. As they're looking out the back of the truck, they can see their wives being put into different trucks and their children now go into a national orphanage. That's a whole nother horror in itself. They drive for hours to this place. They get to this place and they are repeatedly beaten and electrified over and over for two years. They have three minutes to go to the bathroom in a little pot in the back of a room. And it's just bunk beds after bunk beds after bunk beds. No one allowed to talk. And they treat them like animals. After two years, they're brought in and then said, sign this to say you are a traitor to our country. And most of the time, it's because they prayed. They had WhatsApp on their phone. This is the violations. So they say, if you don't sign this, you will stay here forever and we'll just continue to beat you every day. So they sign this and what happens is now they put them in other trucks and bring them over to these labor camps that are like concentration camps. And they are forced manual labor, digging up the raw material so that China can be provide 67% of the raw materials needed to create solar, those solar panels. It's coming from China, from people that China doesn't care about that literally, in my opinion, that literally now they're in these labor camps. Do you know they have satellite photos showing this? They have pictures, they have evidence. And so that is in step one. So when we say, hey, I'm gonna start doing investing and hey, solar is gonna be a great part of the future and look how much it's gonna impact the world, which China recognizes, yeah, it really has a great impact on the world. We have to begin looking, where are we getting the supplies to do this? It's from the dads, it's from the sons, it's from the men that are in these labor camps. And there's horrors that I don't know if kids are listening, so I'm not going to say the horrors that happen to the moms and the children. Now let's go to the second part. Not only do they need them for raw material, but it's called polysilicone. And it says 82% of polysilicone comes from China. And this is according to 2021 research. So three of the primary polysilicone makers directly use forced labor and have forced, la forced labor in their supply chains. Now, you might say, Crystal, why are you getting so worked up about this? Because my job is to help you be able to invest in companies that will give you a good return. But I will not do that at the expense of a family. I will not do that at the expense of somebody's dad being pulled away. When we begin to be hardened in our heart that we look at investments simply because what is the rate of return it will give me? 
We've lost a piece of ourselves. These are our brothers and sisters around the world that are being put into slavery because we want a solar plant in our backyard or we want a solar panel on our, on our house so that we can use the sun. So it's a good, noble thing that we want to do, but how they're accomplishing it is wrong. So let me just bear with me just a few moments. I just want to go through the last, remember I said there are six parts. There's the raw materials. We already know that China does 67% of it. 82% is the polysilicone. Then there is ignots, wafers, cells, and modulars. And guess where these, how much of the wafers come from China? 97%. 97% when we look at those solar panels. The polysilicone is melted and shaped into ingots, which are in turn sliced into wafers, and they're used to create the cells. And what we have to understand is while we see investments and opportunities, what is the price that we're paying for it? Now, you could say that's horrifying. I would agree with you. It is horrifying. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg when you look at it. In fact, right here, it says the link between forced labor and solar begins in Xing, China. And again, I apologize. It's spelled X-I-N-J-I-A-N-G, home to 12 million U-Y-G-H-U-R-S. Uyghurs, I don't know how to say it properly, and I apologize. But disguise, they disguise it and they say, this is surplus labor we have. This is a labor transfer. This is a poverty alleviation. But the Chinese government documents and reveals new industrialized sized forced labor programs. And under current condition, the 12 million Uyghur people and other minority groups are denied the right to free choice of employment as stated in the UN Declaration of Human Rights. You might say, well, then fine, Crystal, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not buying any solar panels. And I like that idea. But here's my question to you before we take a break. Is it enough to just say, oh, that's not good. I'm just not going to buy it anymore and I'm going to turn my head. Or do we come to a place where we say, not only am I not going to put up with this, but I'm going to create a new channel, a new way that we can harness the sun, right? We're going to do solar panels, but we refuse to play with those who are going to enslave others for a profit. And we'll be back in just 60 seconds. If businesses help shape our communities and culture, well then who's responsible for shaping and empowering the businesses? Well, investors are. Your dollars help create profit for companies who can use these resources to leverage company beliefs and agendas. The question is, are those beliefs in alignment with your values? If not, can you find alternative companies that provide quality products and services that will use their profits to bless your community? Well, I believe you can. Learn how at the in-person seminar Thursday, May 11th at the Office of Crystal Clear Finances. Call 518-433-7181 and register for your spot today. Seating is limited, so please call 518-433-7181 for your reservation. And we're 
We're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. And today we're talking about investing. We're talking about having the financial savvy to grow past just looking, what is my rate of return? Our rate of returns important? Absolutely. Is that what I want for you? I want the best rate of returns, but I don't want the best rate of returns because it was through forced labor, through it was child labor, uh, breaking families apart. We can do better than this. And that is what this values-based investment movement is all about. It's about waking up and saying, wait a minute, I'm not willing to trade my soul to get a rate of return so that I can be financially independent. You know what? We need to have financial freedom. That is different than financial independence because financial independence says, I've gotten the rate of return. I have amassed my wealth. I have built my barns. I have enough money to take care of me. You guys, you need to take care of yourself and you guys be financially independent because I am. Uh-uh. Financial freedom is what we want. The freedom to say, I understand that this has been given to me from God, and I'm going to take the resources you give me, and I'm going to invest in places that will cause the world to rejoice, that will, yes, get a good rate of return. We're not saying that we stop looking for a rate of return. We're just saying we're not going to do it anymore on the back of our brother. So, woo, need to get off that little soapbox right there. So, Eventide. Let's talk a little bit. This is one of the fund companies we use here at Crystal Clear Finances. So I want to make sure I clarify on that. So Eventide is a values-based fund company. And one of the things that happened was, and they were a big proponent when it comes to shedding the light on the solar panel, the forced labor that was coming in. And so Eventide said, wait a minute. I love that. And let me read this directly. We are directly engaging companies in the solar supply chain who have the power to change the sourcing and have the assets who have the power to move capital. In other words, we have enough money behind us that we can go find someone else to give us all those six supplies we need to make the solar panel. And we've got the funds to do it. My friends, that's what the problem is many times, is many times that faith-based investors don't have the money to swing the pendulum. And so they close their eyes and say, well, maybe I'll just invest in these, these solar panels right here because it will give me a good rate of return and then I'll tithe off of it. How about if we all unify and say, I'm going to start investing in companies that will do the right thing. So let me tell you, I'm so excited. Let me tell you what Eventide did. So Eventide, they partnered with many different organizations, the New York Times, the different articles that came up and they said, let's put together some sort of phasing technology. And so what they've done is they said, listen, the very first thing that we want to do is help companies understand we are not going to buy from you if this came. If we can show that you got your supplies from forced labor, everybody unite. Let's not buy from them. They boycotted them. Think about this. The ability to boycott and say, no, we're not going to do it. So of course, what happened then is they adapted the, the forced labor and then they sold it to other companies who then tried to sell it to companies. And then China gave incentives. And of course, all of this is outlined in this booklet and documented gave incentives to companies to take this forced labor supplies. We'll pay your electric. We'll pay. It literally goes through and shows how the government bribed them. So the first step when it comes to eradicating this and getting rid of this is to say, we're not going to buy from you anymore. The next step, which is phase two, is saying not only are we not going to buy from those directly who are doing forced labor, 
we're not going to buy from the companies that are getting it secondhand from forced labor. And they literally have a six-step process to bringing it full swing so that there is nothing involved in it. Now, it'd be great if that happened overnight. It doesn't work that quick. We're going to have a game plan, which is literally what they did. We're going to stop solar developers from uh, sourcing their materials from labor camps. Then phase two, then phase three, then phase four. And because the body of Christ, the kingdom of God is waking up and saying, wait a minute, I can either use my money to enslave and get a good return or I can use my money and set a family free because what will happen is those families that are being pulled apart and put into those labor camps, if nobody wants the goods, why do they need to keep kidnapping the people and putting them in the camps? Why do they need to keep arresting them is probably a better word. They won't, but supply and demand. And folks, we're part of the supply and demand. I think many times when you've heard me talk about values-based investing, perhaps perhaps we thought it was, well, we just don't want to invest in a company, and I don't mean this lightly, that sells cigarettes. I don't like cigarettes. I, I think it causes cancers. There's a lot. I don't look down on someone who smokes or is addicted to it. But that's a little bit different than investing in something where we're ruining homes, lives. There's a lot of physical and, and different types of abuse going on. Values-based investing is looking to see, is the company that I am investing in helping bring solutions to a problem in a Christ-like manner? How many companies do you know that need financial input, financial backing, that are doing the right things, but because there's another company that has marketed it so well, they're getting the lion's shares? You know, I listen a lot to Don Miller from StoryBrand, and he talks about the fact that people don't invest their money or buy products based on that it's the best one. They buy based upon who they can understand the quickest. Because our world is moving so quickly, they just need to know quickly. Tell me, how does that work? Okay, yep, I'll buy you. They don't do the research. So if you have companies that are not intent on using their resources, getting their resources from the right place, they're not intent on using their profits to support something good, then why are we investing? But they've used that money to market themselves. So we all say, yes, I do happen to have that company in my portfolio. And the sad thing is, is that I think many times Christians don't know what they own in their portfolio, which goes back to what I've said for 24 years, understanding what you own inside your portfolio and why do you own it? I mean, I look at what's going on in our country today and the economics of it, and to be able to comfortably sit across my clients and say, hey, 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 I know that your account's down. Look at we've diversified over here. We've got... Uh, more stable funds over here. And we've got cash. We've got whole life value. We've got real estate. We've got business. Yes, we've got market investments. But as it says in Ecclesiastes, we are well diversified. Let's walk through it. But let me tell you what you own and why it's good and how it's helping the kingdom of God. Or it's not, it's not out there opposing the kingdom of God. That is what values-based investing is all about. Now, I want to let you know that coming up, we on May 11th, it's a Thursday evening at 6 o'clock, so we're 
out of the, the winter season, we're going to have a Timeless Truths of Investing seminar. And I have asked Harry Nelson, who actually serves as the Director of Strategic Initiatives for Eventide, the one who says we need to invest to make the world rejoice, he's going to come. He's agreed to come to our office. We only have room for 50 people, so it is a very small setting. But I would encourage you to give our office a call at 518-433-7181. You don't want to miss it. Even Tide is making a stand against other companies. They're saying, no, this is not the way to invest, and they're bringing light to it. Now, I have seen other areas. Do you know one of the investments that they are doing is in the biotechnology? They're investing in ways to help with Alzheimer's. They're investing in ways, Lou Gehrig's disease. They are trying to find cures. They are doing things not to line the pockets of pharmaceutical companies, but being able to say, how does this work? In, in fact, Finney, who is one of their uh, top CEOs on their in the, the C-suite was a doctor, but he said, I can't touch as many people as I can when I'm doing this as a fund manager. So I'll be a fund manager and I'll raise the resources and then I'll go make the impact because he's realized the value of values-based investing. And I want to encourage you to come on out to our seminar. It is in our office. It'll be about an hour, though you can stay and ask questions. Now, as we're kind of drawing to a close, I want to go over with you some of the questions that you can be asking yourself when it comes to how do I do values-based investments? What am I really screening for? And here's some of the questions that we go through with our clients as far as, hey, this is extremely important to me. This is somewhat important or this is not a focus. You know, when you talk about promoting family and community, we want to know, do you want to avoid pornography and explicit entertainment? Do you want to avoid industries that enable human trafficking? How about freedom and value of all people by avoiding alcohol, gambling, and tobacco? Valuing the right to life at all stages? Practicing environmental stewardship? All of these are questions that we begin to walk through. Avoiding companies whose products and practices harm others. Being able to sit down and understand financial savvy is not just understanding, hey, how does an IRA work? How does a Roth work? Understanding values-based investing means you have to understand your values, which if you look at it, goes back to what I've always been teaching, spiritual, emotional, and financial savvy, spiritual awareness. Who were you made to be? in emotional intelligence. Please understand, this doesn't mean that what we want to do is, hey, make sure that you give all your money away and you don't get any returns. I don't believe that's the way it works. But I believe what we need to do is say, God, who did you create me to be? And what are the areas that I'm to invest in? And then I would encourage you, I know that my radio show goes out to thousands upon thousands of households. Now we're on YouTube, so we're getting, our listenership is growing. And I encourage those of you who are listening to me by radio to go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe. But my point is this, whether you use me as your financial advisor or you use another faith-based financial advisor, I would encourage you to begin the process the journey of understanding how values-based investments work. 
You know, Bob Dahl of Crossmark, I recently saw him speak. And one of the things that he was saying, which I thought was so profound, he says that people think that when you do values-based investing, that you give up your returns. He says, well, that's not necessarily true. When you do the scale and you watch them side by side, you can see the journey that they're on. And they're usually compared to, and this again, I'm, I'm quoting from Bob Dahl from Crossmark, they're usually very close if you stay in the same category, large cap to large cap, small cap to small cap. So it's not a matter of, gee, I need to invest secular. I need to invest this way so I can get a good rate of return. I think faith-based investing allows us not only to get a financial return, but I think it allows us to have a spiritual return. When I stand before the Lord as a financial advisor, a certified financial planner, and he says, what have you done? I am not going to say, hey, did you know all those clients you gave me? I got them an awesome rate of return. I'm going to say, Lord, I invested in companies who opposed slave labor. Lord, I invested in companies that opposed pornography. Lord, I invested in company. I led the people you sent me to invest in quality investments that align with the kingdom of God so that your will is done here on earth, just like it is in heaven. So I would encourage you to give our office a call at 518-433-7181. Let's sit down and begin talking about values-based investing. While the money's still in your hand, before it transfers, we want to be faithful stewards. So join us again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through Alpha Star Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and Alpha Star are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.